Now, you know, the louder you say amen, the, the better I'll preach. So anybody else ready for the word of the Lord? All right, there you go. Something like, Pastor, you need to preach a little bit better. Okay. Today, we're, we're talking about Proverbs and we're growing in wisdom. We're talking about wisdom for our decision making. How many will agree with me today? We've all made our share of dumb decisions. Anybody agree with that? So we've all made our share of dumb decisions. Maybe you're like, uh, maybe not as bad as Eastman Kodak, who decided that when they discovered and came out with technology of advancing with, uh, with digital cameras, he decided they were making too much money with film and decided to delay and not to pursue their new invention of digital cameras. How many know that didn't work out too great? Or maybe it was Blockbuster when they had a chance to buy a startup company called Netflix and they passed. Or maybe it was Ronald Wayne who uh, two weeks into the founder of a, his company they started with a, a guy by the name of Steve Jobs. Yeah, you know him, right? They started Apple, and two weeks in, he decided to, share all, to sell off his share, which was 10% of the company, for 800 bucks. He's, and 12 days into the new venture, he sold off 10% all of his shares to Apple, which would be worth today, will be worth over $80 billion. Maybe it's like Mars Bar, who had a chance to, to star and to let their candy bar be a part of this movie, but they thought, who would want to have a movie about a kid and a puppet alien? And of course, we know it now as E.T. von home, right? E.T. and the Reese's Pieces stole the show. Or maybe it's not as bad as that. Maybe it's as so bad as some of these personal ones. Maybe it was the baker who decided to throw out his batch of, of bread dough when he, he messed up the recipe and forgot that the yeast is still going to do its thing and rise and explode everywhere. Somebody had a big mess. How about the dad who decided to throw his hot charcoal into the plastic trash bag? Ben, yeah, not a smart move, right? Kind of dumb. And, or maybe it was the cat owner who decided to make a cat door for his, his kitty and only to realize he cut the door on the wrong end, right? We, we, all, we all make our share of dumb mistakes, don't we? Some of us more than others. Maybe you're dumb mistakes. Maybe you're like me. When I was a senior in high school, we decided to go downtown, which was tradition, and, and to shoe polish the whole downtown with the you know, homecoming, with the school colors, and shoe polish the windows of the businesses. And that year, they didn't want us to do it, so they sent the police out to stop us all from, from shoe polishing the windows. And I decided while the police was running everybody else away that I would shoe polish the homecoming, the police's cars. How many know that didn't go well? And, yeah, your pastor got taken to jail and I had to get a bucket and a squeegee and clean it up before they let me out. Like, so I may or may not have been banned from downtown for a long time. <laughs> we, all, we all make dumb decisions. We all make stupid mistakes. Today, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about how to use wisdom, though. How, how do we let this wisdom of Proverbs and the, the Bible talks about this godly wisdom that he wants to give us? How can we use it to our advantage? How can we use it to make better decisions in our life? The wise understand that God has a plan for my life. The wise understand that, God, you have a plan for my life. And the more I listen and the more I follow it, the easier and the better off my life's going to be. They understand that God is trying to grow me during a hard season. He's trying to grow me to prepare me for the next season of my life. There's a reason why I'm going through this. So the quicker I can learn and be patient and say, God, you're developing me during this time, the more I know I'm walking into the next season. The best way to follow God's plan is to learn to follow his voice, to hear his voice. God wants you to hear 
his voice. Let me say this to you. Every believer has the ability to hear the voice of the Lord. Now, if you've ever been to a church and they taught you the only one that can hear God's voice is the pastors or the leaders, I would tell you, yes, they are there to instruct you. They are there to help you. They are there to hear God's voice, but they are not the only ones who can hear God's voice. God will speak to you just like he speaks to me. God can give you direction for your life just like he gives anybody else direction. He wants to speak to you. Matter of fact, he says this. He says the sheep will hear his voice and they will un- they will understand it. They will identify it. The sheep can understand. They understand. And when everybody else is talking, they can distinct. Oh no, that's the voice of my shepherd. He's calling me. I must follow. The sheep hear my voice. Every Christian has this ability. I want you to understand this. This is an important part of maturing is growing in wisdom and understanding that God will speak to you. Remember the movie that was on Netflix a couple years ago called Bird Box? It was a really popular movie, maybe one of the most popular movies they've ever had of original release. And this whole premise of this movie had to do with there was a virus that broke out. And if you saw this virus, it was like if if you're looking out the window or driving down the street or walking down the street, when you saw this virus, it, it would come through what you saw. It would come through your vision. And so the only way to escape it, people had to run indoors. They had to cover their windows, cover the doors, had to lock their doors. And those are the ones who were saved. And the other people who saw the virus, they were dying. And so there's only one problem. They may be safe inside, but their food supply was running out and they had to have food and they had to have water. So how do they get outside and how do they get there? And they were listening over the radio and they said there are safe places set up where people can go for shelter. And so they said, here's the location. If you can get there, God be with you. But, you know, if you can get there, we have plenty of food. We have plenty of shelter. We got a whole community that can take care of each other. We can self-sustain here. But you got to get there without dying first. And so the only way they could get there was they had to blindfold themselves. And then they had to walk out blindfolded. And they had to learn to travel a long distance and find their way to the shelter based off of what they could hear, not what they could see. And they had to listen to the stream, which way the water was flowing. They had to listen to when danger was approaching. They had to listen to which way the wind was blowing. They had to listen when they heard noises. They had to hear things and they had to call out to each other. They had to trust everything on their ears and not on their sight. And it was an amazing story. And at the end of the story, they get to this community. Some of the ones get there to find out that the reason why this community was thriving was because it was a blind community. It was a blind school and a blind community. So they had everything set up to walk without and to live without seeing. And so it became a place of shelter and people thrived and lived there throughout this time. And now I think it's really no different in our life if we think about it, that we often are driven by what we see. We make decisions by what we see. But I'm telling you, when it comes to walking with wisdom, you can't go by what your eyes are telling you because your eyes many times will deceive you. You got to learn to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. You got to learn to hear God's direction for your life. You got to learn to hear not always what looks great is great. Not always what looks good is good. Not always what looks like the will of God is always the perfect will of God for your life. God will speak to you. God will lead you when you open your ears and follow the direction of the Lord. 
Our life is a sum result of the choices we have made. Isn't that so true? We've got to take ownership. Man, I, a lot of the reasons why I'm at right now is because I've made some dumb choices. And so many people either don't want to take ownership or we want to blame other people. Pastor, I had a hard time growing up. This happened to me, and I get it. Some people had some really hard challenges, and not everybody started off on, on the equal foot. But as an adult, at some point, you got to say, you know what? I am where I am because I've chosen to be here, and my choices have led me here. If I want to live a greater life, I got to make some better decisions going forward. I got to learn to walk in wisdom going forward. If I want to change the path of my children, I got to walk in wisdom and not just go what looks good to me or look what's ahead of me. I got to hear, God, where are you leading me? God, where are you taking us? God, what is your voice saying? Many times, many times the crowd is wrong. Many times, listen, the crowd said crucify Jesus. They were wrong. They said, give us, the crowd oftentimes is wrong. The majority many times is wrong. Listen, when you're following after what God wants for your life, many times it goes against the grain of what the crowd is doing. But you can't get there if you don't learn to hear the voice of the Lord. The awesome thing is this, that we all sometimes make bad choices. But the good thing is we have the grace of God in our life. God's grace not only forgives us of the mistakes and sins in our life, but God's grace will also get us back on the right track when we surrender our life to him. So what that means is sometimes we just make a bad decision. We didn't mean to. It looked good to us. It will start heading that way. But when you learn to hear the voice of the Lord, because of God's grace, he can steer me back. And because of his grace, he'll put me back on track. Oh, God, I missed that. But God, I'm back on track now. Just because you got off the wrong track doesn't mean you're destined forever to live in failure. You can get your life back on track. That's the grace of God. But you, you got to hear. You got to listen. Listen and teach yourself how to hear the voice of the Lord. There's the hard way and there's the wise way. The hard way learns through hardship. And sometimes that's the way some of us people who are hard-headed, we have to learn the hard way. That was painful. I don't want to make that mistake again. But there's a wise way that says if I learn to tune in, Learn to tune in and hear the voice of the Lord. It can save me a lot of trouble. It can save me a lot of pain. It can save me a lot of hardship. And I can follow the voice and the leading of the way of the Lord. The wise learn to hear the voice of the Lord. The wise learn to hear the leading of the voice. There is a wise way. Look what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in some things, right? No. Seek his will in what? All you do. And he will show you which path to take. Well, which God would show me? Well, are we seeking him in all that we do? Sometimes we seek him on Sundays, but we leave him at church and forget about him on Monday. 
Then we wonder why we're, we're having a hard time at our job. I wonder why I'm having a hard time in my marriage. I'm wondering why I'm suffering. Something. Could it be we haven't learned to take Sunday's attitude and Sunday's worship into Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? What we experienced this morning was a powerful, powerful time of the presence of the Lord and worship. Boy, it was so, so strong today. But I can experience that on Wednesday. I can experience that on hump day. Come on now. I can experience that. i got to learn. God, I want to hear your voice. My son shared the other day on one of his posts. He said, man, I went to work out. And I, I was, I would just put on some worship music. I got so lost in my worship music, I didn't realize I had been on the treadmill for like an hour. I didn't even realize it. There's something that happens. What happens when you start tuning in? I'm telling you, God will feel you. God will lead you. God, listen, God wants you to hear his voice. The problem is this. We, we don't trust and seek his will first. Sometimes we wait until we crash before we seek the Lord. Sometimes we, don't, we wait until it's a last resort. God, are you out there? Help. But see, the wise understand something. The wise don't depend on your understanding. It's not what does Google say first. The wise doesn't Google the answer to my problem first. The wise doesn't watch a YouTube video first. The wise says, God, you teach me first. God, you direct me first. God, you tell me what I need to do. God, you lead me in every decision of my life. Nothing wrong with gathering information. Nothing wrong with getting that wisdom that's out there. But too many of us depend upon man wisdom and God becomes the last resort. Instead, the first resort of the wise is, God, what are you saying first? It's a spiritual discipline. We teach ourselves, God, what are you saying first? Then I move. Pastor Tom, give me, give me a hand real fast this morning. There's something that happens when we understand that God will speak to us and lead us. Now, if Pastor Tom comes to me and says, Pastor Gene, man, the rain's clearing up today. It'd be a great day to head out to Silver Dollar City. Or as some of you say, steal your Dollar City, whichever one you want to say. But heading out to Silver Dollar City today, I mean, I'm like, man, that sounds so great. We could get some, some potato skillets, some fried potatoes and onions and a turkey leg. Funnel cake, ice cream. Come on, someone say amen. Preach it, Pastor. Oh, yes. All that great food. That sounds great. So you guys go ahead. Get there. Get your spot. Go ahead. We'll be about 30, 40 minutes behind you after we get done with service day and close up. We'll be there. And as I get in the car and start heading out of town, Pastor Tom calls me. Hey, Pastor, whatever you do, don't take the James River Expressway to cut off the Branson because there's a truck that's overturned there and the traffic's blocked up and you're going to be waiting for hours for them to clear this up. You're going to get stuck in traffic. So take the long way around and loop around and avoid that. Now, I may not like going the extra miles. I may not like taking longer than what I was expecting to go, but it's going to save me so much time by listening to what he's told me. And there's a reason why this is so wise because I do not have the ability to see the future. I don't do that. But 
because he's already been where I'm going, because he's already been to the future of where I'm going. Come on, coming back to the future right here, baby. Coming back to the future. Because he's been there, he can warn me about what's lying ahead. I'm here to tell you today, I don't have that kind of wisdom. But there is one who goes before me. There's one who's with me. There's one who's always been there. He sees my past, my present, and my future. And he will tell you, hey, there's a different way to go. There's a different path I'm taking you. It may not be the preferred path. It may not be your first choice. But if you'll just listen to me and follow me, I will take you on a path that will get you there safe, that will get you there the quickest, that you need to be there. This is the best path for your life if I'll just learn to listen. Or I can be stubborn and say, ah, oh, whatever, they'll have that fixed before I get there. By the time I get there, they'll have that taken care of. And I get there and sit in line for two hours and be like, I wish I would have listened to what Tom had told me. Learn, learn, learn to hear the voice of the Lord first. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Give him a hand. Yeah, he did a great job. God knows our future. He knows our future. So who else do I want directing my path? He knows where I'm going. Who else do you want giving you advice? The person who knows your future. I am limited to what I can see. I remember in our marriage early on, my wife and I, we were just coming out of Bible college. We were graduating, didn't know what we was going to do for ministry. And I had a pastor in Indiana who called and said, I want to meet with you. And so he brought us in for the interview and then he he said, I want you to come out to my church in Indiana. We went there, and man, this, this church was a big church. They had some of the best facilities I'd ever seen, some of the best youth facilities you could ask for. I mean, the youth had everything you could want. They had it all right there. They were offering a great starting salary. I mean, it, on paper, it looked like it was the perfect will of God. I mean, we were there. It was Terre Haute, Indiana, the home of Larry Bird. So it was like, it was right there. We're there. And I was like, man, this is a great place. And this is a great city. And man, this is great. Oh, this church is fantastic, man. I began to think about what we could do with these kind of place. And my wife and I, we looked at it like, man, this must, must be God's will. Hallelujah. Before we, we said yes. And before we got home, we put a down deposit on a house. We were coming back home to resign everything and then pack up and to move and go back. And when we come back to pack up and to move, I started feeling God check me. In my heart, like, maybe this isn't the wisest decision. But I was afraid of saying it because it looks so good on paper. It looks so good when I was there. I was like, man, this is, this is going to be a great way for me to provide for my family. It's going to be a great place to, to do ministry. And this is everything you can want for. I was, by, on looking at it, it looked great. But I started feeling this check in my heart and my spirit. And it's like a week later, I woke up, and this has never happened to me before, and it's never happened to me since. I had gotten a bloody nose in the middle of the night, and so much that it woke me up. I was choking. I got up and turned the light on. My hands were full of blood. I got up, and I'm cleaning it up, and it was, it was a very much gross thing, as you can imagine. And my wife wakes up. She goes, what are you doing? I was like, honey, I, my nose is bleeding. I was, woke me up. I said, but more important, I got to tell you, honey, I don't feel like we need to go. And she goes, me either. She goes, I was just afraid to tell you. I was, I was afraid to tell you because it looks, we were both afraid to tell each other because we, we were both feeling the same thing, but we were afraid the same thing because it looks so good. 
and later to come find out it was, it was a good thing we didn't go that place in a year. Some things happened and we'd have been caught up in a big mess. It had been a disaster. It was a good thing we didn't go. And ultimately God had a plan to keep me here in this area. Obviously we see that now. I couldn't see the future then. I didn't even want to pastor then. I had no intention to pastor then. I was just going to help out the teens, live happy and not deal with you difficult adults all my life. But God had a different plan. And God had a different plan for Destiny Church, and I could have missed that very easily. I could have missed what God was trying to do if I would just went by what I saw. But what I saw, it looked good, but it really wasn't. I was feeling checked. I'm telling you, God will speak to you. God will lead you. Many people say, Pastor, man, I just don't want to get ahead of God. And I don't want to hear God's voice. I want, I want to follow it. Let, let me tell you, God, God's not going to ask you to do something. You know, so many times we worry about missing God's will. And I, I just want to tell you, you know, it's not like I have people say, well, you know, I feel like God's calling me to, to minister to the orphans in Mexico. And so, you know, I'm just waiting for that door to open. And I don't want to get too busy doing anything else that God opens that door. I don't want to miss God. I'm like, are you? They're like, I don't want to run ahead of God. I'm like, well, you must think God's really slow. You can run. You're not going to run ahead of God. Do you think God one day is going to pull you aside and say, you idiot. Who told you to go minister to the orphans in Mexico? I, I wanted you. No. He's, oh, I'm stopping here, God. I'm, I'm taking care of the kids here in my own backyard. I'm taking care of the kids at the boys and girls school. I'm taking care of the orphans here. I'm taking care of those who are in the foster system here. We're helping feed them, clothe them, giving Christmas gifts. We're taking care of the kids in this area with special needs. We're taking care think God's going to be like, hey, you blew it. I wanted you to go to Mexico. You're supposed to. No. Because you're obedient to doing what he's put in your heart here. He will take that and direct your path and get you ultimately where he's wanting you to go. You're not going to miss it. Follow the leading of the Lord. Don't make it harder than what it is. Just follow his leading in your life. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you some tests and help you out today. These are some filters you can use to help you decide, is this a wise thing? Is this a God thing or is it just me? Number one, we've got to give it some tests here. Number one, the fear or faith test. The fear or faith test. Am I making a decision based off of fear or am I making a decision based off of faith? Is it a fear-based decision that's driving me or is it a faith-based? Listen, fear will speak to you as well. Fear will make you take decisions, make decisions as well. Fear will tell you, you better play it safe. Fear will tell you, you better not step out. Fear will tell you, nobody's going to accept you. Fear will tell you, you'll never get a promotion. Fear will tell you, nobody will ever listen to you. Fear will tell you, no one will ever come to your Bible study. Fear will tell you all these different things. Are you making a decision based off of fear or based off of faith? God, am, am I using faith in this decision? Listen, you have to put fear in its place. You cannot let fear dominate your life or it'll be dominating all your life. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. Put fear in its place. Hebrews 11, 6. So what Hebrews 11, 6 says. And it's, if, it, if it's possible to please God without faith, it is not. It is not possible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. 
God rewards those who seek him, those who lean upon the Lord, those who are trusting in the Lord, those who are using faith. God, you're asking me to stay here. God, you're asking me to go. God, you're asking me to give. God, you're asking me to to lead. God, you're asking me to serve. God, you're asking me to step out and to do something. Is it by faith or by fear? Fear will keep you from doing those things that God's calling you to do. But faith says, God, if I fail, then I just learn one way not to do it. I'll get back up and I'll keep trying. I'll try something different. Don't be afraid to fail. Can I just give you a little insight here at Destiny Church? We, we are not afraid to fail. We're not afraid. What we don't want to do is stand silent and be complacent. We want to take some risk. We want to step out. And so I say, I'm always like, go for it. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's start it. I've had people come to me and say, I want to start this. I say, go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You can just, we just figured out something that didn't work. Maybe it's not the right timing. Maybe we need to wait till another time. But if you feel like it's what God wants you to do, let's, let's go for it. We want to say yes to the Lord. Faith pleases the Lord. Seeking him brings a reward into my life. Step out on faith and put God first. And then number two, the will and way test. The will and way. Is it in God's will? Is there a way you guys are making this happen? As you see, my plan here in the middle of this diagram, I have a plan. I think this diagram will help you kind of picture what I'm talking about here. My plan is in the center, and then around it I have, I have resources, I have my values, and I have the vision. And so, for an example, as we were raising our kids, one of the values that we had was that I wanted to make sure I could be present in their life. I wanted to do everything in my control to make sure I had enough time to be present in my children's life. I was not going to be so caught up doing ministry and win the world that I lose my children. So it was a value that my kids knew that dad loved them more than he loved the church. I wanted them to know that I love them and that I love the church, but I, I love them and they're the most valuable thing to me. So I, I would let them know and I spent time with them. I coached their teams and I, I was able to be present as much as possible and be present in our life. And so we, we had that a value and part of the vision for that was we were going to teach our children about putting God first. We're not, we didn't raise our children for ministry. We raised them to put God first. And then they accepted ministry on their own. Then they decided to be in ministry on their own. And they followed our lead and our example. But I didn't say, you got you to gotta do ministry. No, they just, they just put God first. Put God first. And then their heart began to follow after ministry. So it was a, an important part of our core values. It's an important, important part of our, our vision. And so if I got to make a decision on my resources. Now, maybe I, I'm thinking, you know what? I need, I need another vehicle. And, you know, we, we have one car and I have a, my car's getting kind of old and maybe I want another car. And so I have to make a decision. If I go to buy another car and get two payments instead of one payment, can I afford that and still fit into my vision and fit into my values? If I have it and I feel like God says it's okay, then I go for it. But if I look at it and say, if I take on an extra payment, I'm going to have to work more hours I'm going to have to work another part-time job. And then if I do that, I can't spend as much time. I can't be at every game. I can't coach the team. I can't volunteer. 
I can't be at church as much as I want to. If all that begins to take away from the values and the vision I've set for my family, then the car is a no. That means I'm better off just driving a car that's paid for. I may not like it, but it gets me from point A to point B, and I don't have to be a slave to that car payment, and I can be free to minister to my family. And to, that's wisdom. But everybody else, though no, they don't, they be drowning in debt. They miserable. It's all right. It's all right. Listen, so if you have the money, then God bless you. Go for it. If you're taking care of what God's asked you to do, then he'll give you that green light. But sometimes we have to look and say, is it fit if I take this job? You know, we were offered jobs. There's times my wife and I had a chance to, to maybe move out of the country, maybe out of the state and go somewhere else. And we had some bigger churches contacting us and wanting us to consider. And I'm thinking, you know, do I want to uproot my children in the middle of their high school years? No, no, I want them to stay planted in the community. I love our community. They were planted. They were thriving in our school system. They were thriving what they were doing. And so I was thought it was best, even though maybe my flesh would have liked those opportunities, I knew that it was best for me to stay planted here so that my children could thrive because that fit the visions and values that God has set for our family. Are you following me? It isn't always what looks best. So it's not always the best opportunity. i got to begin to put it through a filter, and this gives you a filter to use. Is this a wise decision or not? We need it. And then number three, we need the wise counsel test. The wise counsel test. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So usually when we fail, it's because we didn't go out and get wise counsel from those that have walked before us, those who have already been down that path, those God has placed in our circle, we didn't get wise counsel from them, but those who humble themselves and say, I need some advice. Hey, I need to pick your brain on this. Hey, I need to ask you about this. Those who get many advisors, they're what? They will find success. They will succeed. We need wise counsel, not dumb counsel. Turn to your spouse and say, I know he was talking about your brother today. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Not everybody needs to have an ear. Now, everybody needs to have your ear. There's some, there's some people giving out. Listen, if a person doesn't have teenagers, don't let them tell you how to raise teenagers. Listen, I was a youth pastor and had over 100 teenagers in my youth group. But I wasn't, I thought I knew a lot about teenagers. But that all changed when I had my own teenagers. It changes. Don't, don't let people tell you how to do things, how to run your business when they never ran a business before. Don't let people tell you how to fix your marriage when they've always had broken marriages. you got to be... Listen, if you've been married over 20 years, can you just raise your hand real fast? Look at these people. Yeah, so let's give all these people a hand right here. Great. The reason why I'm, having them, I'm not trying to single them out, what I'm telling you, these people have... I can, they'll tell you one thing. I guarantee you, every one of them has something in common. They'll tell you that it was tough. Marriage was rough. It was hard. There were some seasons when it was really, really hard. But those who raised their hands, if you want to say, hey, I want to learn how to have a long-lasting marriage, 
Talk to some of those people. Say, we want to learn how you, how did you overcome the hard seasons in your life? How did you overcome when there was failure? How did you overcome when there was disappointment? How did you overcome when things got stressful? How did you guys keep the spark alive? How did you guys keep loving each other when it got old? How did you keep doing those things? They would love to pour into you. They're not going to find you. You got to find them. Ask them for counsel. Wise counsel. Wise wisdom gets counsel from successful people. Wisdom gets counsel from people with the same vision and same values. There's some successful people, but their visions and values won't match yours. And so what they're telling you may be some wise business decisions, but it may not fit within your value system. It may not fit within your priority system that you have for your family. So in order, not only do you want to get people who have success, you also want to get people who have like vision and values as you do so they can help you navigate and filter your life going forward so that you can succeed also in the vision and values you set for your life. Are you understanding this? Are you taking it in? Come on, say yes, amen, pastor, if you receive that. Today, the last point I want to give you is the personal preference test. It's the personal things. You know, after we seek God, after we've learned, sometimes I believe God just says, you know what? You've done the right thing. You've paid your tithe and your offering. You, you're committed to me. You've done the things right. I'm going to let you decide if you want to do this yes or no. This one's on you. I'm going to bless it if you do, and I'm going to bless you if you don't. Sometimes it, it happens. Jeremiah 29 11, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. These plans are for good. God has good plans for you and I. They're for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God wants to bring his good plans to fruition in our life. God wants to bring his goodness to your marriage. God wants to bring goodness to your business. God wants to bring goodness to your family. God wants to bring goodness to your life. He wants to bring the goodness. God has good plans for you. You got to believe that. And if he has good plans, then I've got to say, all right, then what's the formula? The formula is seek him, trust him. Psalms 84, 11 and 12 says, the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. He brings a joy. He brings a joy to those who put their trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord. He will bring you joy in the seasons of your life. Let me close with this last statement. I believe it's very important for you to understand this. God's will will never contradict his word. Listen, we don't have to discuss this, but I want you to know it. It's, it's important because now there, there is a move that's telling us God just wants me happy. And so my happiness trumps the word of the Lord. And I can tell you, no, wisdom says the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That these principles are here as a filter, as a guide, as a roadmap to my life. And if I will follow them, I will have the most joy. I will have the most success. I will have the most that God wants for my life when they fit within the boundaries of his word. And yes, his word says he wants me to live life to the fullest and be full of joy. But if that contradicts what his word says, it's wrong for me. 
let me put it in everyday English. He's not going to rewrite the Bible for you and I. He's not going to change it up to so you and I can, can live how we want to. There's a way that seems right to man. That path leads to destruction. But seek and follow the Lord in all you do, and you shall find success. It's where God wants us to be. I want you to learn to operate in a wisdom. I want you to learn to operate in this wisdom. How many today say, Pastor, I want to learn to use more wisdom in my life. I'm being inspired today to use more wisdom. Raise your hand if God's speaking to you today. Yeah. Listen, this is, this is where we walk it out every day in our life. Learn to hear the voice of the Lord. As you bow your heads, the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And that happens when we first surrender our life fully to his will. When we say, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. That he was resurrected on the third day. I believe, I believe because of what Jesus did on the cross that I can live free of my sins. And I need him in my life. And today I'm ready, Pastor, to make him Lord of my life. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, today would be an awesome day to do that. To say, I'm ready to change my life. Without anybody looking, we're not going to do anything to single you out. But with your hands raised, can you just raise your hands and say, Pastor, that's me today where I'm sitting. I'm, I'm ready to accept Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else want to join him? Thank you. I see those hands. Anybody else? Yeah, thank you guys for raising those hands today. Say, I'm ready to accept Jesus. One more time. If you haven't raised it, raise it right now. Thank you. I see those hands in the back. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer out loud after me. As Christians around you, we'll help you say it as well. If you're watching online, you're ready. You say this prayer as well. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, I will follow you. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, we say welcome to the family of God today. Come on, give me a hand clap. What an awesome thing. If you prayed that prayer today, we invite you to stop by our hub before you leave. We'd love to give you a free Bible, some other things to put in your hand. But as you stand to your feet today, I want to pray for you for wisdom, that God will give you a godly wisdom. So can you stand to your feet? Can you just simply open your hands up to the Lord as I pray this prayer of blessing? Father, I thank you, God, for wisdom. I pray that, Father, you're raising up men and women with wisdom beyond their years. That, God, you would lead them. God, your voice will become very clear. God, may your voice be the first one we ask to hear. May your opinion be the first one we pray about. May we look to you first. God, Help us to get out of the habit of coming to you as a last resort and may you teach us to be wise and to come to you as a first resort. Father, I pray right now, you're raising up a wisdom in the people of the house of the Lord today. There's a spirit of wisdom being poured out. God, we're going to hear your voice. We're going to hear your voice. We're going to follow your leading. And we say together, amen, amen.